buy-sell agreements. MSP owners toss around that term all the time, but what does it mean? What is a buy-sell agreement, and when would your company need to have one? What are the must-have provisions to include in your buy-sell agreement? You have questions, and I have the answers. Listen up. Hey, it's Brad Gross coming at you with another Technology Bradcast. If you're a service provider and you want to learn some things, give me a few minutes. You're going to learn a lot. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Technology Bradcast. So, as the economy begins to gather some steam, I am getting a lot of calls from MSPs that want to have buy-sell agreements in place. Now, usually it's because they're thinking about expanding or making their operations more efficient, and that might include, in some cases, buying out a partner. Or maybe one partner wants to leave to go to greener pastures or start a new venture. So the call comes in, can you help me with a buy-sell agreement? Or more often, the call is, we have a buy-sell agreement, but I don't think it says what it needs to say. Can you help? Well, I can always help. But the number of calls on this topic made me think, why not have a broadcast about it? I mean, let's serve up a little education for MSPs and discuss what a buy-sell agreement is and why an MSP might need one. First, let's define some terms. A buy-sell agreement is the document that describes how owners of a company can buy each other out of the business when a triggering event occurs. Or put another way, when something happens that makes one partner say to the other, it's time for me to go, or it's time for you to go. And this is where the true value of a buy-sell agreement comes into play. It helps ensure that the business continues, hopefully uninterrupted, if one owner wants out. I mean, think about it. When one partner is trying to figure out how to get another partner out of the business, you know what's going on? Stress financial pressures, disappointed expectations. One partner either wants out or the other partner thinks that something has happened that requires the other partner to leave. That is a difficult time, my friends, and difficult times are best navigated when you have documents in place. Now, let's keep something in mind. A buy-sell agreement is not, underscore not, the same thing as a merger and acquisition transaction. In a merger and acquisition, or what we call an M&A deal, a company is acquiring or being acquired by another entity. The selling entity either disappears or stays in existence but is operated by a new management under a new set of rules with new owners. This is in contrast to a buy-sell agreement, which is between owners of a company and addresses the situation of owners being bought out of the company by other owners. There is some overlap between an M&A and a buy-sell transaction, which we can definitely get into into in in another broadcast. But for now, I want you to understand that I'm focused on situations where an MSP business has several owners, and they need to come up with a method, an agreed-upon process, by which one owner can be bought out by the other owners. Got it? We're not talking about M&A here. We're talking about how an MSP business should think about the relationship between its owners. Okay, moving on. 
let's chat a little bit about what a buy-sell agreement should say. A quick note for all of those do-it-yourselfers out there, this is not something you should do without legal counsel. The issues and, and information that I'm going to give you in the next few minutes is intended to educate you about what these transactions mean and what they involve and how you should be thinking about them. But I am not suggesting that you put fingers to keyboard and start drafting legal documents. You shouldn't. Let your attorneys do that. But listen to what I'm going to say and get some education. Let's start with what a buy-sell agreement looks like. It can be a standalone document that's signed by all owners of the company, or more likely, it will be part of a larger governing document, like a shareholder's agreement if it's an inc., right? Or an operating agreement if it's a limited liability company. So, you can have a standalone document that all owners sign in which they agree to the rules of how someone gets bought out of the company. Or you can, and probably should, have the provisions in your company's governing agreement, like a shareholder's agreement or an operating agreement, that all owners agree and sign. So, the next time you're at a cocktail party or an event and someone says, I had a buy-sell agreement, well, now you know what they're talking about, right? They're either talking about a separate document that all partners signed, or they went to their company's operating agreement or shareholders agreement to see how things were supposed to be handled. So let's say you have a buy-sell agreement, right? You have one. Is it any good? Does it cover what it's supposed to cover? I mean, these are good questions. Let's, let's touch on the top four things that your buy-sell agreement must address. And if your agreement doesn't adequately hit these things, well, then you need to revisit the document with counsel. So, let's start. Top issue number one. Conditions that trigger a buy-sell transaction. A good document will list the situations that trigger a buy-sell transaction. The problem that a lot of companies have is that they only think of the most obvious triggering condition, which occurs when one partner says to the other, I want out. Right? That's the most obvious. One partner says, I, I want out. Without a doubt, that is a triggering condition that needs to be considered. But that's not the only triggering condition. How about where one partner isn't doing his job? Right? So the other partners take a vote and decide to buy him out. Now what? How about where one partner isn't contributing to the company like he's supposed to? Maybe he isn't paying a capital contribution or covering an obligation that was assigned to him. How about where a partner gets divorced and his shares are suddenly half-owned by his ex-spouse? What about a situation where one owner becomes disabled or dies? Do you want that owner's uh, uh, interest to go to his next of kin? Do you want his next of kin to be your partner? Hmm. Maybe you want some legal mechanism by which you can say the company is going to take back the deceased owner's shares and pay the estate a fair value for them. Sound good? Then make sure your buy-sell agreement lists the various conditions that could trigger a buy-sell transaction and what to do when that transaction actually happens. Don't just assume that the transaction will occur because one partner says, hey, how about all of you buy me out? 
That is certainly one triggering transaction, but there may be lots of other reasons why a buy-sell transaction could occur. And they're not always, always, they're not always friendly. They're not always amicable. They're not always happy. Think about that as you go through your document. Think about what your triggering conditions are and whether you've covered them adequately. Top issue number two, how do you value your business? To buy someone out of your business, you need to know how much the business is worth. So how do you do that? I can tell you one thing. It is very rare that owners agree on the value of their business. The outgoing partner always thinks that the business is worth more than it really is. So of course he can get more money. And the remaining partner always wants to minimize the value of the company, which in turn would reduce the amount paid to the outgoing partner. So what do you do? Do you just guess? Do you look at your tax returns and figure out earnings and base a buyout on that? I mean, I guess you could, but you shouldn't. Instead, your agreement should specifically describe how the valuation process will occur. And I recommend that that process work something like this. First, company will hire an independent valuation expert when a triggering condition occurs, right? You're not just hiring a regular accountant. You're hiring someone who is a valuation expert. Next, that expert will come up with a valuation of the company, which in turn allows you to figure out how much you're going to pay the outgoing partner. And by the way, in case you were wondering, Usually, the company will pay for the cost of that valuation expert. Next, if the outgoing partner disagrees with the valuation, then he has the right to hire his own expert at his own cost. So if there's a second expert that's going to come in, the outgoing partner has to pay for it. Now, once that valuation is, is done, the company can either accept the second expert's valuation or disagree with it. If the company disagrees with it, then the two valuation experts, the two companies that did the valuation, one was from the company's uh, uh, choice, the other was the outgoing partner's choice, those two get together and they pick a third neutral expert. And the cost of that is split between the outgoing partner and the company. That third expert will have the final word on valuation. That's what the buy-sell agreement should say. This is a process. It can be written out. And when it's written out, I understand it can seem lengthy or burdensome, but trust me, it is worth taking the time to write out the process. If you don't define the process precisely, then you'll find yourself arguing about the process of getting a valuation. Who should do it? How long should it take? Who should pay for it? Don't do that. Avoid the ambiguity. Avoid unnecessary animosity. Write out the process in your buy-sell agreement. Have everyone agree to it in advance, and you'll all be better off. Top issue number four. How is the purchase going to be funded? Sometimes a buyout occurs with a lump sum payment, but most often it occurs over time. It may require a bank loan. It might require a personal loan. It might include a promissory note. Depending on the company's finances, the buyout amount may need to be spread out over months or years. 
you need to have a schedule agreed upon in your document. The buy-sell agreement should not just assume that the remaining partners will have the money needed to buy out an outgoing partner. So, you know, by default, you should have a scheduled buyout. Maybe it's done over one year, two years, three years. That's by default, unless everyone agrees otherwise. In the case of perhaps a deceased shareholder, the company may want to buy and maintain a life insurance policy that is specifically designated for a buyout situation. See, there are lots of ways to fund a buyout, and the buy-sell agreement should be written in a way to accommodate all of these different funding options and all of these different scenarios. Don't wait until a buy-sell transaction occurs to then ask yourself, so, how are we going to pay for this? And... How long will it take? Get those details on paper in advance. Top issue number four, right of first refusal. So here's a question. How do we keep honest people honest? Answer, by making them all play by the same rules under the same conditions. So translating this to a buy-sell situation, this means that you want to make sure that one partner doesn't unfairly force out another partner who might not be in a great financial or just general life situation to avoid being bought out. You can keep owners honest by including a right of first, uh, a right of first refusal provision in the buy-sell agreement. And it would work something like this. Let's say Joe wants to buy out Mike. Joe says, Mike, Here's my offer, 250000 for your half of the business. A right of first refusal would say, Mike's offer to purchase Joe's interest for 250000 is automatically deemed to be a right for Joe to buy Mike's interest for 250000 You see, it's the reverse. This prevents Mike from offering a totally undervalued amount to Joe because Mike might find himself as the partner being bought out. You see, you keep honest people honest. You say, if you make an offer to me to, to buy me out, that's actually at first going to be an offer for me to buy you out at that amount. If I don't want to do it, then you can buy me out. Keep honest people honest. Give them the right of first refusal. That's the key to a good deal when everyone feels like they got what they bargained for and everyone is operating on the same plane. Now, those were just the top four issues to consider, but there are many, many more. I mean, we haven't even touched on issues like dispute resolution, post-buyout issues like non-competition, or, or tax issues. We haven't even talked about the fact that you need to keep revisiting these buy-sell buy agreements to make sure they remain relevant and effective, but you should. But that's not the point of what I wanted to talk about in, these, in this particular broadcast. I just wanted to give all of you some idea about what a buy-sell agreement should look like and some of the issues to consider when thinking about a buy-sell transaction. And maybe, maybe the overall message is this. Don't go it alone. If your company is thinking about the future, and it should be, then it needs to think about how partners can separate themselves from the company but still ensure that the business continues in an efficient and effective manner. Buy-sell agreements are at the heart of that strategy, and that's something you need to think about. If you have questions, well, you know what to do. 
Call us at 954-217-6225 or drop me an email at info at bradleygross.com and we'll talk all about buy-sell agreements. Don't go it alone. Be smart. I'll see you on the next Technology Bradcast.